Hey guys, welcome to Grifter, a brand new podcast about famous con artists, scammers, and fraudsters who live by the rule of fake it till you make it. If stories about glamour, subterfuge, and deception are your kind of thing, then this podcast is perfect for you. I'm your host, Sonali Burgis, and today we're going to be talking about Belle Gibson, a disgraced wellness blogger who falsely claimed she was diagnosed with brain cancer in 2009 and given four months to live. She also claimed to have successfully cured her cancer through natural remedies and built a massive social media empire on the basis of this claim. This episode discusses a story of deception, of a tale that duped millions in the reckless pursuit of fame. On a bright sunny morning in April 2013, Jessica Ionsko, a stunningly attractive 27-year-old Australian magazine editor, appeared as the keynote speaker at the Self-Love and Sisterhood Conference in Paran, Melbourne. She was a successful blogger and entrepreneur within the health and wellness movement and had been invited to share her alternative health journey. At the age of 22, she'd been diagnosed with an incredibly rare, slow-growing and incurable cancer called epithelioid sarcoma. In 2008, she decided to eschew conventional medical treatments and her doctor's advice to amputate her arm at the shoulder. Instead, she'd committed to transforming her lifestyle by embracing alternative methods such as the controversial Gerson therapy, a treatment that was partly based on a specific salt-reducing diet. It involved having five daily coffee enemas, raw juices every hour, and an organic vegetarian diet. Jess shot to fame after starting and building a blog titled The Wellness Warrior, where she wrote about curing herself from cancer using natural remedies. Her health and wellness website was a massive success, amassing millions of readers every single month. Soon, she landed a book deal and became unequivocally Australia's most famous cancer-fighting wellness guru. Her life involved a rigorous, punishing schedule of juicing, yoga, enemas, meditation, and blogging in order to, quote, bring my body to optimal health so that it can heal itself. On her blog, she wrote that she saw herself as part of an empowering wellness revolution that was about to sweep the planet. It was at this self-love and sisterhood conference that Jess met Annabelle Natalie Gibson, known simply as Belle, a wholesome pretty blonde with a broad smile and bright white teeth. For someone in her 20s, Belle had already encountered her fair share of adversity. She'd had a difficult childhood, an autistic brother, a mother with multiple sclerosis, and most severely, she had malignant brain cancer. At the time of the conference, Belle had been building her own online following within the self-help movement, off the back of her story of beating terminal brain cancer. She was also working on a health and wellness smartphone app called The Whole Pantry, 
which included healthy meal planners and recipes that were based on natural ingredients. She used this opportunity at the conference to tell Jess all about it. Despite only meeting Jess a handful of times, Belle asserted that she and Jess were close friends. That claim was quashed by Jess's manager, Yvette Luciano. Luciano confirmed that there had been no relationship between the two women. Yes, it was true that the two regularly commented on each other's Instagram photos, praising each other's respective self-help wellness journeys. But in actuality, Jess had felt that there was something off about Belle from the very beginning. Something just didn't sit right. Sadly, Jess passed away aged 29 at her home on the Sunshine Coast in February 2015. She'd lost her battle with cancer. Belle travelled almost 1,800 kilometres from her home in Melbourne's posh Bayside area to attend Jess's memorial in Buderim on the tropical Sunshine Coast. The service was held at Life Point Baptist Church, a large and imposing concert hall-like building. A sizable group of mourners, including wellness gurus, life coaches and self-help authors, had come out to mourn Jess's passing. The memorial service was utterly moving. There was plenty of heartbreaking moments, sorrowful tears, comforting hugs and nostalgic smiles. Belle Gibson, in particular, was especially devastated, having frequent outbursts and sobbing hysterically, almost uncontrollably. Her dramatic display seemed somewhat overdone to the other attendees. One onlooker commented that it seemed as though Gibson was making a point of being seen and heard, like she was purposely trying to show she was far more upset than everyone else. It seemed like she was putting on a show, knowing she was soon going to be exposed for being a fraud. Belle Gibson was born in Launceston, in Tasmania, in 1991, to Natalie Dalbello. The identity of her father is unknown, with Belle's mother simply referring to him as, quote, a sperm donor. Her family later moved to Brisbane, where Belle attended Wynnum State High School until year 10, when she dropped out at the age of 16. Belle proceeded to work at a catering company in Queensland after leaving full-time education, and social media shows that she'd relocated to Perth in Western Australia in late 2008, where she became involved in the skateboarding community. In July 2009, aged 17, Belle moved to Melbourne, where she became pregnant and gave birth to her first and only child in July 2010. For years before Jess's death, Belle had been solidifying her position as a poster child for holistic health and wellness. She told everyone that she was sickened by two months of chemotherapy and radiotherapy and asserted that she'd abandoned conventional medicine in favour of a range of holistic treatments and natural remedies, including Ayurvedic medicine and oxygen therapy. 
she claimed to actually be self-treating and healing her cancer solely through her natural diet. She'd embarked on this obscure, gluten-free, refined sugar-free diet, which she detailed on her now private Instagram account. She also announced her intention to continue naturally healing herself from the cancer. Her story had evidently defied astounding medical odds. Was it really possible? Bell's blog led to a successful food and lifestyle app called The Whole Pantry, which, upon its release on August 5th, 2013, became an overnight success. It contained dozens of vegan and gluten-free recipes, all these health and wellness lifestyle guides, recipe conversion tools, and even a neat shopping list function. By Christmas 2013, the app was named Apple's best food and drink app, and it became the second best iPhone app in the entire world. It was downloaded an impressive 300,000 times and propelled Bell to a whole new level of fame. The Whole Pantry app became a huge financial success when Bell struck a lucrative deal with Apple for the app to be one of the select few to be featured on the Apple Watch. Publishers excitedly came knocking at Bell's door and in December 2014, courtesy of publishing giant Penguin, the whole pantry cookbook was published in Australia. It was illustrated with photographs of whole foods, including buckwheat pizza, bowls of chia seeds, beautifully and artfully displayed against rustic kitchen backdrops. Belle would wind up earning half a million dollars from the whole pantry brand in just under two years. She was described as, quote, an inspirational young mother who, after being diagnosed with a malignant brain tumour, found herself unsupported by conventional treatments. Several brain cancer patients followed in Bell's lead and shunned hospital treatments to pursue her health advice. They placed their belief in the whole pantry to gain a few more years of life. The whole pantry book reiterated that following her diagnosis, Belle embarked on a journey of self-education to treat herself through natural and nutritious means. It promoted a wellness theory, which asserted that recovery from disease was possible through a combination of dietary self-discipline and strong conviction. The introduction to Belle's book contained some very dramatic claims. She talked of growing up in, quote, a very dysfunctional home, with a mother who had multiple sclerosis and a brother who had autism. Aged 12, she said she moved out to live with a family friend. In separate interviews, she claimed to have been homeschooled. During her adolescence, she discovered a first vegetable garden, and that became her first foray into the world of healthy and natural living. In 2009, she claimed she was 20 years old and working at a corporate job 
when she began to experience memory loss, vision trouble, and walking difficulties. She claimed her doctors brushed aside her concerns and prescribed her antidepressants. Not long after, she'd suffered a stroke at work, which led to a diagnosis of terminal brain cancer. She was given four months to live. At first, like most people, she listened to her doctors and endured chemotherapy and radiotherapy for two months before coming to the realization that she needed to trust her own intuition. She pulled herself out of chemo and stated, quote, my doctors freaked out, but they couldn't stop me. She began to read up on nutrition and holistic medicine, saying, quote, One thing that really stayed with me was reading about the detoxification properties of lemons. She began to experiment with treatments that included salt and vitamin, craniosacral therapy, colonics, and a whole host of other treatments. In 2013, Four years after her supposed diagnosis, Belle claimed that her natural treatments were working. She'd created an Instagram account at a time when the app was slowly gaining in popularity, posing as a cancer patient healing herself naturally. Her profile exploded and within months she'd amassed tens of thousands of followers. Then came the app, the cookbook and multiple celebrity guest appearances. She started, quote, empowering myself to save my own life. This after posting on Instagram in July 2014 that her cancer had inexorably spread. She claimed that her cancer had spread to her blood, spleen, brain, uterus and liver. She said, quote, I am hurting. Strange, seeing as she'd claimed that she naturally healed herself from this cancer. And then all of a sudden, after she'd exploded in popularity, her cancer had suddenly spread to the rest of her body. How did that help her case? There were many similarities between Belle's and Jess's stories. Both women suffered from eating disorders in their teenage years. Both tried conventional medicine to treat terminal cancer before embracing alternative medicine as their only options. Both claimed that alternative medicine was empowering them to save their own lives. At Jess's memorial service, Belle approached a group of Jess's friends to talk with them about her grief. She then drove back with them from the church to the house Jess shared with her fiance, Talon Pamenta, and her father. At Jess's house, which Belle had never visited before but acted as though she had. Belle cried over the wellness guru's passing and also lamented her own cancer. Luciano, Jess's former manager, expressed confusion over seeing her there. How had Belle even known where Jess lived? Belle summoned Talon into a bedroom and cried to him about her grief, about how she was afraid to die in the same way Jess had. In an interview, Talon remembered Belle asking for a moment alone with him to convey how sorry she was for his loss. He'd met her for the first time at the service and remembered feeling sorry for her after she spoke of her own struggles with cancer. 
Jess's friends thought it was odd that Belle was speaking privately with Talon when she'd barely known Jess. It had seemed so dramatic and forced. There were numerous holes in Belle's health and wellness story. In March 2015, former friends and colleagues began to post sceptical accounts of Belle's story on Facebook. Fairfax Media also started to question Belle's philanthropic claims. Belle had previously stated that a portion of the proceeds from her app, approximately 25% of her company's profits, would be donated to charitable causes including maternal health care in developing nations, medical support for children with cancer, and education funding in Sierra Leone. In the Whole Pantry book, Bell wrote that, quote, a large part of everything earned is donated to charitable causes. In 2014, she denounced that 300,000 Australian dollars had already been donated to charity. In late 2014, following the exclusive deal with Apple, Bell posted on Instagram, claiming to have worked with over 20 different charities. She even described herself as a philanthropist in her LinkedIn professional networking profile. However, some of the charities named by Bell's company announced that they'd never seen any of that money. Bell eventually admitted that she'd previously overstated the level of her charitable contributions. She claimed that her company's profit margins had been overestimated and that it was running at a loss. In fact, media reports from March 2015 estimated that only $7,000 of the previously claimed $300,000 had been donated to a total of three charities, with at least $1,000 having been donated only after Bell became aware of media inquiries into those charities' allegations. Upon further investigation, Australia's Cosmopolitan reported that Bell claimed she was 20 when she was diagnosed, but her tax papers showed that she would have actually only been 17. Bell also allegedly claimed to be fundraising on behalf of a seven-year-old boy suffering from terminal brain cancer. Bell had befriended the child's mother on social media after learning about the boy's battle with anaplastic astrocytoma, a condition caused by a rare genetic disorder. In March 2015, the child's parents came forward to report that they'd never received any funds from Bell or the whole pantry company. The parents also alleged that there were suspicious similarities between the boys' experiences with cancer and those of Bell's. As the controversy erupted, the whole pantry began to selectively remove comments that questioned Bell's claims on its Facebook page. The reason? The comments were supposedly adding to the quote, misinformation in the initial Fairfax article. The selective removal of critical comments only added fuel to the controversy and eventually the page was removed. The company had also been deleting posts that Bell herself had made in reference to her cancer and charitable donations. Soon, the company's accounts across a range of social media platforms were made private or simply deleted. Bell's own personal Instagram account was also made private. 
Bell broke down in an interview with the Australian newspaper while discussing the claim she'd made back in July 2014 that her cancer had spread across her body. During the interview, Bell was vague and evasive, telling the interviewer that her cancer was, quote, more of a misdiagnosis than completely fictional. When asked who the doctor responsible for the misdiagnosis was, she refused to provide a name. In an interview with the Australian Women's Weekly, Bell attributed her deceit to her troubled childhood and specifically to neglect by her now estranged mother. She claimed she had to provide for the household from the tender age of five and that she had to take care of herself and her brother. In a separate interview, her mother refuted Bell's claims about her upbringing and revealed that Bell's brother Nick wasn't even autistic. Nick also spoke to Australian Women's Weekly about the scandal, admitting that he was upset and disgusted by the lies. Belle's story was falling apart at the seams. Soon, no one was sure that she'd even had brain surgery at all, or that she was as old as she said she was. People called her out on her lies, and pretty much anything she'd previously said about her varying illnesses wasn't believed anymore. Several cancer specialists also stated that it was extremely unlikely for a terminal brain tumor to develop and spread in the manner Bella described, and that her story of surviving cancer seemed a little too far-fetched. Just a bit too good to be true. Belle went from being Australia's sweetheart to an internet villain in a matter of days. The Washington Post even ranked her in its top 10 internet villains of the year. Once the controversy surfaced, questions were also asked of Apple, Penguin, and the Australian media's blind acceptance of Belle's cancer claims. They'd eagerly jumped at the opportunity to capitalize on Bell's popularity and fame, and had neglected to perform the necessary due diligence to validate her stories. Apple eventually removed the whole pantry from the Apple Watch launch and associated promotional material, and subsequently deleted the app from the Apple Store. Penguin withdrew the cookbook from sale and announced that it was suspending the publication of the whole pantry book in the US and UK. The publishing giant initially admitted that it had not assessed the validity of Bell's claims, saying it published the cookbook in good faith. However, Fairfax reported that Peckman had, in fact, quizzed and videotaped Bell on her cancer story, and that this was recounted in the preface of the book. Penguin eventually agreed to pay a fine of 30,000 Australian dollars to the Victorian Consumer Law Fund as a penalty. Those in the media who'd lauded, praised, and promoted Bell's wellness story were publicly embarrassed. Elle Australia magazine, which ran a feature in December calling Bell the most inspiring woman you've met this year, attempted to explain why it published Bell's stories without performing background checks. Cosmopolitan magazine had given her its quote, fun fearless female social media award, but refused to strip her of the award, stating that she'd been reader nominated and voted. The Sunday Telegraph magazine called her 
a quote, wellness warrior, and said she was, quote, generous, gorgeous, and courageous. In 2017, the Federal Court of Australia found Bell Gibson guilty of misleading and deceptive conduct. She was fined 410,000 Australian dollars. By April 2019, Bell had still not paid the fine and the Australian authorities were looking to charge her with contempt of court. A new trial date was set for 14th May, which she did not attend. By mid-September 2019, Bell had still not paid her dues, claiming to be broke. She stated that she was $170,000 in debt and had $5,000 to her name. However, that didn't stop her from holidaying in Bali and Africa and splurging on clothes, cosmetics and accessories. News reports from 2019 show that she'd allegedly spent about $91,000 between 2017 and 2019, allegations that she has vehemently denied. Consumer Affairs Victoria still sought to enforce the penalty and in January 2020, the police raided her home in Northcote and seized items to recoup the unpaid fines. Due to interests and costs, the fines now exceeded half a million dollars. Thank you for listening to Crifta. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcast. Links to the sources I used to research this episode are also included in the description. See you at our next episode.